0: All right, I need, you, I need a quick quiz, show of hands. How many of you have ever locked yourself out of your car or your house? Okay, good, I'm not alone on that. I lost my keys like two days ago, so it, was, it happens regularly. All right, how many of you have, okay, this is gonna be harder for the men to answer here. You, you, you've been on a trip and you're traveling and you got so lost you had to stop and ask for directions. I don't even like to admit that, but it has happened in Colorado actually I end up in a whole nother town and uh so yeah it happens right, okay so that's the all right for how about my students here how many of you have taken a class and and somewhere in the middle it, you knew that if the teacher didn't have a lot of mercy on you you're gonna have to drop that class okay all right all right I'm not alone in that all right here here's here's for the the, the last one which is this is the probably the hardest one how many of you ever been using the bathroom, all right, in a public restroom, and then once you go to land the plane, you realize there's no toilet paper in there? Raise your hand. Okay. All right, don't shake those people's hands. Did you see those hands? No, i just kidding. Anyway, and so, so, and so all of those different scenarios, the stakes weren't really high, maybe the last one, but all of those different scenarios, you needed somebody to rescue you. You needed somebody to bail you out. Somebody had to roll some toilet paper across the floor, right? Somebody had to come bring you your keys. But no hands on this one. Have you ever found yourself in a situation in life where you knew you couldn't get out on your own? Somebody had to come help you. Somebody had to come and rescue you. And this story of rescue is something that I think every human is drawn to And and more than likely, one of your favorite movies, the plot, is Rescue. I didn't know this, so I began getting ready for this Easter message, but so many of the the greatest movies ever made, Saving Private Ryan, Apollo 13, Armageddon, Mission Impossible, different movies with the same plot. It's a rescue story. The top four grossing movies ever made are rescue stories. Titanic. Avatar, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, right? I know they're all in different places and have different characters, but the theme is the same. A savior shows up and rescues the, the, the folks that are in distress. And today on Easter Sunday, I think we get to celebrate the greatest rescue story that's, that's ever been told. That 2,000 years ago, something incredible happened where where god showed up on this planet you know and, and so many stories are like this but this one is real and we're still we're still feeling the power and we're still experiencing this rescue story even today and you got to ask your the question especially on easter sunday why Why did Jesus come? Why did God choose to do that, to send his son, to to put him in a human body, to walk around for 33 years and to do what he did? Was it to show the world that he was God? Was it to correct the world or correct the church? Was it to, you know, to to grow his influence? I, I don't know. But Jesus said this. He said, you know, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost it was a rescue mission. And the more that I, I, you know, dig into the Bible, I find that this story of rescue is from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Just in one book, the book of, of Psalms, an incredible book, there's the mention of rescue over 190 times, just in one book. And so I think it's clear that, that Easter Sunday, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. We celebrate his, his defeat of death, hell, and the grave, but it's also a, a rescue mission that we get to experience in our lives. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 is our, our verse this morning. This is the way the writer puts it, that there's only one God, and Christ Jesus is the only one who can bring us to God. Jesus was truly human, and he gave himself to rescue all of us. Isn't that beautiful? And so why did he come? He came on a rescue mission. Well, who did he come to rescue? I looked up that word all in the Greek, and you know what it means? It means all. He came to save you. He came to save me. He came to save the person who wants nothing to do with church, nothing to do with religion. He came to save the world from themselves and from sin. It was a rescue mission. So as I look through the Bible, and I I wanted to give you some resources to take home today on what are the things that God can rescue my life from? Because in here, in a crowd like this, everybody's facing something different. Everybody's going through different situations. Everybody's in a different season of life. I could have filled up the handout front and back with the promises of God for, the, for, for a rescue in your life. And I just wanna name a few that the, that the Bible says that God will rescue us from. The stress of life. Man, we've been feeling that in the last couple of years, right? The attacks of others. God will rescue from that. A guilty conscience, overwhelming problems, the fear of judgment, the fear of death, financial distress, the prison of addictions, a life without purpose, people who cause trouble. We all have some of those, right? If you brought them with you, just don't look over. (laughs) Anxiety and depression traps that i don't see psalm 18 says it like this that god brought me out into a spacious place and he rescued me why because he delighted in me And i want you to hear this this morning there's no problem in your life that god doesn't want to help you with and i think a lot of times we we feel like it's the opposite that the stuff that I have going on in my life, God wouldn't understand, the church wouldn't understand. But I want you to know that God wants to help you with whatever it is that you're facing. Especially if you find yourself in a situation that you can't get out of on your own. And I love how the writer puts this in, 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 in the book of Psalms. That he, put me into a, he, he brought me out and, and brought me into a spacious place. For a long time, you know, I didn't grow up in church. I wasn't, I mean, I grew up, but I wasn't really into church. I went because my mom made me go. And uh, and so it was one of those things where I just wasn't really, I didn't understand it much. I kind of went to go home. And and, and in my mind, church was a place where they were going to take the things that I like to do. That religion was going to limit my life. That religion was going to ask me to to stop doing all these things that I didn't want to stop doing. That it was going to put me in a box. And I think religion does that. But Jesus came and he preached the gospel of freedom. He said, I've come to give you life. He said, in this world you're going to have trouble, but I've come to put you in a spacious place. And, and it made sense because finally, you know, when I started just reading, I'm like, I think I might be becoming a Christian. I found my life not getting more constrained, but there was more freedom. There was more joy. There was more liberty in my life. I began to see my life change. And I found out that God doesn't limit our lives. He expands them. He brings new opportunities. He brings new connections. He brings power into our life that we don't We weren't born with it. He brings the help that we need and the resources that we need when we need them. And today, not only do we get to talk about it, but we get to experience it. Because the final thing that we're all gonna need rescue from is death, hell, and the grave. And when Jesus came out on Resurrection Sunday, he said, I came out with some keys, y'all. I've defeated death, hell, and the grave. The last three things, right, he says, I, I, I have triumphed over all of them. You know, Easter is the hardest message to prepare for, for, for me. And I've heard this from other pastors. Because most of you in here, you, you've heard this story, right? If you were raised in the South, you, you know the story of, of Easter Sunday. You, I mean, you know about Good Friday, Silent, Sunday, or Silent Saturday. I mean, it, it's something that you've heard. This isn't probably a new story to you. So it makes it really challenging but a couple of months ago, I was, I was thinking about today and, and praying about what I was supposed to share. And I came across this story. And as soon as I read it, it, it was like I knew that this was what I was supposed to share today. And it's a story about a, a, a true story that was told from a, a Navy SEAL on one of his SEAL team missions. And so a lot of the details are, are classified. And so we don't know where this happened or, or exactly the location. But the SEAL team was sent to go and and rescue a group of hostages. So they had been kidnapped and they'd been taken against their will. And so the, you know, our uh, the SEAL team is coming in to get them out. And so the team, fight, you know, they land, they get on location, they get into the building where the hostages are, they get in completely, and nobody knows that they're there. First, I just want to say this: I I'm kind of a are you thankful for the men and women that serve in our military? Aren't you glad that we have a country where men and women will go headlong into situations like that and not know who they're going to rescue but do it because of the honor and to serve this great country and the people that they love? And this team is in there and they get into this room where the hostages are held and something happens that they didn't expect. All the hostages get down and they lay down on the ground and they put their head between their legs and they close their eyes because they're scared. They had been trapped in this room for so long and they had been abused and there's so much, who knows what had happened to them, but when this SEAL team came in, they went into the corner and they just curled up. They didn't know what to do. The Navy SEAL telling this story said that he, he had an idea come to his mind so he took his helmet off, he put his gun down, and he laid down on the floor with the hostages. He put his hand on one of them and he said, listen, I'm here to save you, I'm an American. I'm here, for, I'm, I'm here to help you get out, but you have to trust me. And it said that one of the hostages opened their eyes and looked at him. And because he got down on the ground, see, so they, they, they knew they couldn't carry everybody out. There was more hostages than SEAL team members, and so they didn't know what to do. But because that one man got down on the ground and laid down with them, it almost it calmed them. Something happened. And that first hostage got up, and the, SEAL, the, Navy, the Navy SEAL said, well, will you follow me? And I, I'm going to say, I'm going to get you out of here. And it says, one by one, each person was saved. And when I read that story, I thought, I don't know if there's a better way to illustrate what Easter really means. It's when God got really low, y'all. And he got down on our level. And he says, I know that you've been through some stuff. And I know that you've been trapped in some things for a while. And the Bible says that God humbled himself He he took off his priestly garments. He took off his gear, and he got down, and he got on the same level with you and I to feel what we were feeling, to experience what we were experiencing. And up until that point, God could not say that. But when God became a man, he knows what it is to cry, and he knows what it is to lose family, and he knows what it is to grieve, and he knows what it is to, to, to be trapped in a situation that you don't know how to get out of. So three things I wanna pull out of that story this morning. How does Jesus rescue my life? And I think the first step, just like those hostages, they didn't believe help was coming. When that team came in, they thought, here's the security, here's the prisoner, there's the guards that have been beating us and hurting us and they just hid. They gave up on hope. They gave up on anything getting better. And I think the first step in really receiving this rescue into our life is we gotta believe that rescue is possible. We gotta believe it. And I know that sounds so simple. Well, you know, what does believing have to do with anything? Well, I think belief drives behavior. And if you can't believe it, you're really not gonna see it in your life until you can believe it in your heart and soul. And so you have to believe it. There's, a, there's a, a story in John chapter five. There's this place known as the Pool of Bethesda. And so that, let me just give you kind of the synopsis of what this place was. When you, when you had a problem that you couldn't fix and there wasn't enough money or doctors or lawyers or people to help you with that problem, they took you to the Pool of Bethesda. That's basically where people got dropped off and they never expected them to come back. Because every now and then, an angel would come down and stir the waters. And so whoever jumped in the pool got healed. And so you had this pool and you had all these people that were surrounded around this pool waiting on something to happen, just trying to get rescued. And then one day Jesus shows up at this pool. Unannounced, nobody knows who he is. He, he kind of walks through the crowd and he comes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it to you, John chapter five. That, so there's a great number of disabled people the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, and there was one there, there was a guy, we don't know his name, we don't know anything about him, but we know he'd been there for 38 years. 38 years, he's had an unfixable problem in his life. For 38 years, he's been in survival mode. For 38 years, he's had nobody to help him. And Jesus saw him laying there and learned that he'd been in that condition a long time, and he asked him this question. Do you want to get well? And we could stay there for a while. <laughs> really, he's saying, do you believe that healing is possible for you? Because I know doctors have told you it's not. And I know your family left you here because they can't take care of you anymore. And I know the world has said, there's no fixing you. <laughs> but do you want to get better? Here's his response. Sir, I don't have anybody to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred while i'm trying to get in somebody else always goes down ahead of me and i've found in my life that nothing gets better until i believe in my heart of hearts that it's possible and i want you to leave here with some faith inside of you this morning that no matter if you've had a problem for 38 years we serve a god who's able to do the impossible and we serve a God who's able to roll stones away. Come on, somebody. We, we serve a God who's able to step into a situation that everyone else has given up on that situation, but he'll step in right at the nick of time. We serve a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, but we got to get it down in our hearts that he's able because the world wants to tell you to doubt and the world wants to tell you to scoff at faith. And the world wants to tell you to trust in people and things. And, but God's saying, if you can just believe me at my words. See, because not everybody can. Because that word's maybe not for them. But that day for that man, for 38 years, God showed up with a word for him. And it was, can you believe that change is possible in your life? Can you believe that your life can get better? I'm, I'm asking you this morning. Do you believe that just because your life has been a certain way for the last 40 years that maybe today something new can happen? That when you open your life to new resources? See, what I love about this story is they, they had put their healing in one basket. If they didn't get in that water when that angel stirred the water, right, they just gave up. But here, Jesus, he brought the solution and the miracle from a completely different point of view. Sometimes God will do it like that in our lives, but we just gotta believe him. We gotta believe it. It's another story in the gospels, Mark six, Jesus sends his disciples out into this, in a boat over and in, in the, in the, across this lake. And he goes up on a mountain to pray. And it says, they got into the middle of the lake and the, the wind began to blow, a storm showed up and they thought they were gonna drown. The boat started taking on water. You've probably heard the story. It's in multiple different gospels. and. And they, they start freaking out. The disciples are panicking. They think they're going to die. And it says that Jesus, here's a, the miracle in the miracle is that Jesus seen them in the middle of the lake, which is wild, at night in a storm, okay? And, and so he sees them. He knows they're, they're freaking out a little bit. And so it says that he comes walking out on the water. I'm going to read this to you. Verse 50 of Mark 6 they cried out because when they saw him, they were terrified. They thought he was a ghost. And so immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Now these disciples spent you know, the last several years of their life with Jesus. In a crowd like this, they could walk right up to him, and they knew exactly what he looked like. They knew the color of his hair. They knew the, what, how he dressed. They knew, the, the, they knew his voice and how to recognize his voice. But when they were in this storm, they didn't recognize him. And I found in my life, when, when I'm in a storm, when I'm in a, a situation that I don't know how to get out of, it's hard to recognize God when you're in a storm. And these disciples, if anyone would recognize Jesus, these disciples would recognize Jesus. But I think the story and the point of the story here is that they they didn't recognize him. And so this is what Jesus did. He he spoke to them. He spoke to them. And I want to tell you that there's times in your life where rescue will come. And it's not going to be because the situation may look like it's getting worse on the outside, but sometimes you got to put listening ahead of what you see, of looking. I think about our story again, and that Navy SEAL got down, and he began to speak to those hostages, and something happened when he began to speak to them, and I found in my life that the the, the real breakthroughs, oftentimes on the outside, my life is getting worse, but I hear this still, small voice, and some of you are here this morning because you've been hearing that voice. God has been speaking to you. He's been talking to you. And it's hard to recognize God sometimes. The disciples missed it. I miss it. Everybody misses it. But part of this rescue plan is we got to recognize the person that's there to rescue us. And if you're like me, you push away the people that God may be sending to help you. you. Always kind of make an excuse. And maybe you know this morning that Counseling might be helpful for you and what you've been through, but you kind of make an excuse and you don't go. Or maybe you've got something in your life, an addiction that you can't seem to put down. And somebody mentioned to you a meeting that might be helpful, but you keep putting it off. You keep thinking, I'm going I'm I'm to deal with this on my own. But God will send people into your life to help you. But oftentimes, and I want you to see in this story, the best I can tell, Jesus wasn't walking to them. He was just walking by. And if they wouldn't have said something, he might have just kept on walking. So you got to recognize, you got to recognize the people that God has placed around you. I heard a story about a man, and his house began to flood. And the first level flooded, and then the second level flooded. So he kept kept going up higher and higher and higher. Finally, he's on the roof, and he's alone. And he's praying, God, get me off of this roof. God, save me. And a guy on a rowboat comes by, and he's like, hey, jump in. I'm going to help you out. He said, nope, God's going to rescue me. Guy in a motorboat drives up, you know what I'm saying? So the, the, it pulls up to the house. He's on the roof. The, the water is getting higher. Hey, jump in. Nope, I'm prayed. God's going to rescue me. <laughs> Helicopter shows up, y'all. All right, with a little basket. Going to drop it down and save this guy off of his roof. But he's just sitting up there saying, Nope, God's going to save me. Well, the flood finally took the house. The guy got washed away, and he's up in heaven and he's a little mad at God. <laughs> and he's standing before God, he says, "God, why didn't you save me? I prayed, I asked, I mean, I struggled, I cried." He said, "I tried. I sent a guy in a rowboat. I sent a guy in a motorboat and a helicopter. You didn't why didn't you take those three things?" And I think our life can be the same way sometimes. That we expect. I mean, I mean, I wish that God would come walking on the water when we're in a storm, but sometimes He doesn't. Sometimes it's a coworker that reaches out to help you, or a coach, or a teacher, or somebody in your family. And maybe you're here this morning because they invited you here, but you got to recognize, got to recognize it in your life. It took a little while for those hostages to recognize that those Navy seals were there to help them. They were skittish. And here's the last thing I want, to, I want to share with you. I want to read this verse first. Psalm 50, it says, trust me in your times of trouble. Trust me. Somebody say trust. Trust, trust me in your times of trouble, and I will rescue you. And I will give you, and you will give me glory. So here's, here's the pattern here. So much of our life depends on what we're trusting in and who we're trusting in. And when I go back to that story, what really got me when I read it is that there was a lot that went into that mission. There had to be to get those seals there, to get them into that building, to get them into the room where they were. There was a lot that goes into that. And they get down with those people and they get down and they're trying to get them to walk out and they didn't wanna do it. But the Navy seal said this, he said, will you follow me? And I think today is one of those days where God says, okay, I've made my move. <laughs> now it's your turn. And when it comes to rescue in our life, we have to trust the rescuer. We got to trust him. Just like those that we, we have to step and walk with him and say, okay, you know what? Maybe I can't figure this out. Maybe I don't know the path forward. That may, Maybe there is a, a power outside of myself that can help me get through this. And I thought about the times in my life where I really needed rescuing. And there was like three. And one time when I was, I think five or six, I, was, I loved to fish as a kid. I was out at Bear Lake, which is north of here, if you've never been there. And I was like walked out on this little kind of a pipe that runs out into the lake. And I'm fishing with my little Zebco. And I slipped off the end and fell into the lake. And so this was the middle of winter, and I didn't know how to swim. And so I was all wrapped up, and I start, you know, all I remember, I didn't know that I was in trouble. I just remember it getting darker and darker and darker. And my dad ran down there and reached out, and he grabbed me out of the water and saved me. I was too naive at six to know that I needed rescuing. I didn't know. And then later in life, about 17 years old, I'd found myself in a place, I was in a prison. I'd made some bad decisions and I found myself at the end of my rope and I didn't have anybody to help me and I didn't know what to do. And my salvation prayer was a rescue prayer because I knew that that day, if God didn't step in and do something that I wasn't gonna be able to, I didn't know if I was gonna see the next day. I'll never forget it. It wasn't this, I don't even remember what I prayed. It was just, Lord, help me. And I wish that I could say an angel appeared. (laughs) There was a loud trumpet blast writing on the wall. I didn't feel any different. I didn't look any different. But from that point forward, I made a decision in my life that I was going to follow God the best that I could. My life's never been the same. And this morning, I wanna give somebody in here the opportunity to do the same. If nothing happens by chance. And I wish that I could say that that was the last time that I needed to be rescued, because it's not. It's happened again. <laughs> I found myself struggling with anxiety so bad, I didn't know how to fix it. And, I find, and I'm finding a pattern in my life that when you invite God into your situation, he can do things that people can't do for you. When when, when you can recognize that God is working even in your grief and even in your pain and even in addiction and even in stress and anxiety and even in the stuff that we don't like to talk about, it's in those situations where his light shines the brightest. And all he asks is for us to just open the door to him and trust him. So this is what I want you to do. Just bow your head this morning with me. It's Easter Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. But I believe today God wants to rescue somebody in this room from something that maybe you've been fighting a long time. And nobody knows it. It's just kind of a, a silent secret fight that you've been struggling and fighting to get your way out of and it just hasn't seemed to happen yet. I think this message is it's just one person. It's for you. That God wants to get involved in the fight with you. And all he asks is if you will put your trust in him. And So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just, I just want to pray for you. If that's you this morning, you say, I've, I've got something in my life that I need rescuing from. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to rescue me. I need Jesus to step in and help me with this. Just put your hand up. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Put your hand up. God bless. Thank you. I, I need rescue in my life. Thank you. Thank you. You can put it up and down. I, I, I need this. I just can't beat this. And I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. And I, I want to invite the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And something happens in our heart when we lift our hand. Thank you. Something happens in our soul. It, it says when, when we lift our hands towards heaven, something happens in our, in our hearts. Thank you. Thank you. And so, Father, I just pray every person that lifted their hand this morning and the ones that wanted to and they didn't, let the power of heaven just sweep into their soul. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you that today not only do we sing about a God who is able to overcome, but we can experience it in our life. We can walk in victory we can overcome the things that seem to be overcoming us if we're just willing to trust you. And so today, that's what we do, Lord. We recommit our life. We, we, we place our hands in our soul, our, our whole beings in your hands. And we'll follow you. And for some of you, that's gonna look different than others, but, but Jesus is gonna give you what you need to do next. To follow him. And it might be a phone call. It might be you need to get in a group. Maybe you do need to be baptized. Maybe that's your next step. Or there, there's something that, that he's going to ask you to do. And you just follow his lead. And he's going to lead you out into an open space, a place of freedom, and a place of power, and a place of joy. Listen for his voice. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.